Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in. We are live right now on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Another week. The regular season finally over. The painful regular season finally over, but we can celebrate. Welcome in to the Believe in Monsters podcast. Another week. You can find us all on the Twitter machine at BIM underscore pod. I'm sorry I missed last week. A little Alabama basketball duty. The Crimson Tide taking care of business. But I'm back, and thank you, Lucas and Chris Krogman, for holding down the fort. You guys are the lifeblood of the podcast. And follow Chris Krogman at Shy Bears1985 and Lucas at Elberry underscore 40. We're going to have a good day because Ryan Poles met with the media, talked about the end of the year. We're going to wrap up the end of the year in a big old bow and look forward to an exciting offseason. Oh, my God. The possibilities are endless. You can go endless directions in the offseason, and that is so exciting. Like, if you are a Bears fan, now's the time to get back in tune with uh, with what's going on because we're about to uh, be the talk of the league. Like, literally, we are about to lead all the headlines in the offseason because of all the assets that we've acquired. Thank you, Lord Poles. And we're about to get into it tonight on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Chris Krogman, what's going on? How are you doing tonight? I'm beyond excited to see you boys tonight. Joseph Gaither, happy to have you back. We missed you so much last week. Uh, the show just does not have the same energy without your amazing um, MC skills up <laughs> on the mic. So uh, happy to have you back, sir. Uh, yeah, end of the season. We are going to probably not be the talk of the town for the next couple of months, but that's okay. We'll wait until March first when the league. Yeah, after the Super Bowl. We'll, uh, once the new league starts, the Bears are on the clock. Uh, but yeah, super pumped. Um, what a day. What an ending to the year. Uh, we'll get into it. Lucas Barry, my fine friend, you beautiful bearded bastard with your espresso martini. How are you tonight, friend? I'm feeling in a fancy mood, man. I mean, we waited uh all season for this season to end basically once we got to the you know the ginormous losing streak and now uh we are three and 14 and we somehow managed the number one pick we had the texans lose or win they beat the colts texans won on a miracle at the end of the game and uh also denver lost so we'll talk about those implications later but uh this week has me feeling great the bears did what they had to do and lose we got to see Tim Boyle or Tom Boyle or whatever that guy's name is, come out and play some snaps for no reason. Uh, awesome. Just just an awesome week uh, if you're a Bears fan. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, we don't like losing, but if you're going to lose, this is the way to do it. I think it's hard boil or water boil. Whatever it was. What's funny about that, boil. that play he threw the pick is he had Claypool. Claypool absolutely cooked his dude, and he would have had a huge touchdown on that play if he actually threw it to him. But can you imagine if the Bears somehow had won that game and then Texans lost in that fashion? What dude? What it, I was watching. I was, I was watching the game, dude. It was hilarious. Like Peter, they just took Peterman out randomly. He was like, he was fully healthy. They're just like, you're out. You're playing too well. You completed two passes, and they put in the other guy. And he throws a pick immediately. Well, you don't want Nate Peterman QB three to get hurt. 
got to keep him healthy, man. You got to save that arm for the off season. There was somebody, man, we'll get into, we'll get into the presser a little bit, but you missed one big uh, joyous occasion for, for Sunday Lucas, where the Sunday night football game ended triumphantly with the Detroit lions, knocking the cheese heads out of the playoffs. They both missed the playoffs. It's even better. And now they're both out of the playoffs. And the only representation from the North is the Vikings, who could very well lose to the Giants Mm. in the first round. Vikings are trash. They're so overrated. Joe, I think you're muted over there or something. I can't hear you. Oh, he's just excited. Yep, yep, yep. I apologize. Uh, Biggest frauds in the playoffs. Um, Yeah, so... Where do you guys want to start? I mean, I guess we could start with uh, a little bit of like the Lightning Quay Walker. First off, any- first off, how in the world are you going to be a Green Bay Packer and a Georgia Bulldog? And how in the world are you going to get kicked out of not one but two games? And the second game you're going to get kicked out of cost your team a chance at the playoffs. And why do you get kicked out? Because you're shoving a first responder, a first responder seven days after a first responder saved one of your brothers on the field, you fucking idiot. I love love it yeah we know quay walker's an idiot um yeah he went to george no i'm kidding uh we love our george bulldogs so yeah uh yeah so joe you actually you actually bring you bring up a very good uh uh talking point actually that we can start with uh so damar hamblin out of the hospital uh, or being transported to Buffalo at the very least. I don't know if he's actually released from the hospital yet, but off the ventilator, uh, awake, watched the game on Sunday, got to Tweeting. see Buffalo start the game with a, uh, a kickoff return. Uh, so awesome, awesome. You know, saw so two of those. Two of those. Um, you know, for all the believers out there, prayer works. Uh, Damar Hamlin. Amen. You know, we. Uh, we love you here on BIM. So uh, glad that you're doing well. Uh, Buffalo also announced that they would fully guarantee his contract, even though part of his contract was not fully guaranteed if he went on IR. And they did put him on on IR, but he he is fully guaranteed. So that's awesome. But uh, you know, by the Bills, which man, Bills are such a classy organization. You knew they'd do right by him. Uh, so that's all good. That's all great. Uh, yeah, Quay Walker, whatever, who cares? Packers lose. That's I great. I just wanted to dig at the Packers. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you for um, indulging me. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> uh, last dance? Oh, man. Interesting. Hope so. That's a good question. I mean, that's I, a, that, I don't, that's a very I, good I honestly question. hope they have to keep him for the next two years and just pay him that money. Well, the, the a, funny thing is, is, like, if he retires, it's like $39 million in dead cap space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's more than that, dude. It's a lot. Well, whatever. <laughs> a ton <laughs> does it really matter if it's 39 or 43 i mean it's, it's, it's a lot of money. it's right in that range yeah but and, and, and that's gonna hurt them really badly telling Jamison williams no i'm gonna keep this one on that jersey citing a lot of speculation that maybe hopefully it's his last game in green bay that'll be so awesome if it is uh we're gonna get together and have a, have, have a big old bears party the day the day that uh he he retires and or moves to a new organization uh, he, no. he's irrelevant to me now after okay. this season, he's dead to me. Sounds good. He's not very good, so it doesn't scare me anymore. Uh, not not very good in the sense of compared to what he used to be. Fair. Now it's like now now even though he's still a good quarterback, it's like oh, he's nothing. He's not he's not the Aaron Rodgers of old. Fair. 
but he's still pretty good. Facts. So that's so so that's good. They're they're out of the playoffs. He might be done. Awesome news for the Bears on the horizon when you look at twenty twenty three and twenty uh, twenty four, and that's really where we're at right that. now. Uh, yeah. Also, by the way, Chris, the dead cap on his contract is ninety nine million dollars. Oh, twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's like forty the first year, but it's a lot yeah, but like, over over time. That yeah, but that I think if he retires, it's only. Well, what we I, don't, I don't remember how the situation with Kyle Long, where we had to pay him his full contract and he retired. Right. And so like, I think Whoa. it's like for next year, it's 40 something. So basically split that in half, I guess. Yeah. The dead cap in 2024 goes to 24 million down from 99. Hmm. Crazy. Oh, my God. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. We, I don't Doesn't matter. Just, like, who cares? Yeah. Let's they, not they, speculate on that. What do we think of the Navy on Navy uniforms the Bears were wearing this past week? Yes, they should have worn them earlier in the season. We love, love those. Them. Love them. Blue they are, blues. They are beautiful. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. When was the last time they wore those? The 80s, maybe? I don't know. Remember? I feel like we had a game recently kind of recently we did a color rush game right that they, they, they kind of done that for color rush navy on navy uh but i, I do but i Funny do love thing. it it's, it's a do great it's, it's a great look i mean the game was just kind of a throwaway game we knew the bears were trying to lose that was obvious they were trying to lose when they brought in Boyle to bench peterman he wasn't <laughs> even playing well um i mean do you guys have any takeaways the only takeaway i have at all is i was actually surprised the bears defense came out as fiery as they did, a lot of those backups seemed like they really wanted to play at first. I mean, it was a 10-point game at the end of the first half. And uh, and Bayless Jones had a, a, an awesome game. I mean, we can't deny that. That definitely left – and Cole Komet, those two left a good taste in our mouth from, you know, to end the season here. I think yeah. you've seen – I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, I agree. Um I think Jonathan Vilma, Jonathan Vilma had a couple hilarious comments, but one thing he did say is that it didn't look like they were trying to lose. It looked like they were, they were trying hard. Um, but dude, with the talent level on that team and with switching the back out, yeah, it didn't matter. So go ahead, Joe. It, it, it was backups across the board. I mean, from the offensive line all over. Besides the running backs, pretty much it felt like in, in Brisker, but. I, I think if you look at the, look at the overall kind of picture of Valus Jones, we kind of have to be honest with ourselves that yeah, he was a ghost through the first what eight nine weeks or so, but he really did get two to three percent more every week, every week. So that can only mean I mean and he's been awesome as a kick returner, he's right? Been a right, plus kick returner for sure. So you hope that two to three percent more carries through the off season and maybe he can carve himself out a role next year and maybe we can look at that third round pick and say yeah we got a, a lot out of it right now i still think it, he leaves a lot to be desired but i don't like to judge and look at anybody based off their rookie he wasn't bad enough to judge him off his rookie year right. so i like the progression that we i still think at the very least you'll have a solid kick returner in him for the life of his rookie contract or whatever which you know people could say this or that about returners but the dude does he, he brings the ball out past the 25 more often than not, which mm-hmm. is better than a lot of returns you could say in the league. And then obviously that run, we saw how explosive he can be. I mean, that was, that was sick. And the catch, too, dude, the contested catch. Yeah, he had a catch, catch early. It was a flag, but he fought through and still made the catch. I mean, good signs there. Good signs. Most definitely. Um, you know, we had that, he had that deep ball from Justin, 
a week or two ago. Uh, he's only had two real, real solid deep shot opportunities. He caught one, yeah. dropped the other, hit him in the hands. I mean, he's he, he he hopefully can improve that stuff. Hopefully can you know continue to be utilized as a weapon on offense. And like you said, Lucas, he is a good kick returner. He actually utilizes the speed that he has. Hmm. You know, unlike. Uh, What's the running back's name that doesn't know how to use the speed that they took in the sixth round or whatever? Ebner. Ebner, yeah, yeah that guy. Ebner. No clue what he's doing. But um, Herbert had some decent decent carries. Um, it was nice he to just, see him get some work. He continually looks better than Montgomery. I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't know how. Poles spoke highly of Montgomery today, but just from a system fit, I don't know if Montgomery's the guy they want. I mean, it's just clear as day that Herbert's a way better runner, in my opinion, and we've seen that the past few weeks. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having both of them, though, you know, if, if it works, obviously. No, I, I just think that Montgomery is kind of having a down year. If you look at his numbers, I feel like he's not nearly getting as many yards per carry, and I don't know. I just think for what the Bears' offense wants to do and the coaches they have, you know, I, I feel like they're going to try and get a more explosive running back, but that is a conversation we'll have as we get deeper into this offseason. He, he he spoke highly of him today, but he also made a huge caveat and said, "Kind of like we're gonna have to make it. We're gonna have to agree on a salary number. Like he, we want him back, but it's gonna have to work." So uh, he didn't promise to have him back. Right? He said, uh, "You know, it just goes to show you, no matter how much you love a player, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter." Yeah. Uh, but that he that he Montgomery embodies what they want out of players and and out of you know, running back. So yeah, I think he's, I think he gives him, I think he always gives 110%. Uh, but, but I think Luke is right. I think he had a, a, he wasn't as effective this year. I think he was a little hampered by a couple more nagging injuries that he, that he worked, he tried to work through, but um, I, I'm, I'm with Luke. I, he wasn't, he, he, he wasn't as explosive this year. Uh, he just, uh, but, but to, to speak to the, what we embody as uh, for the Bears, he did give 100, 110% almost every time he was out there. Great pass blocker, great pass pro. I mean, so as we as we talk about this, too, I mean, I think we, it's fair to look at the system that Luke Getze comes from. Um, and, you know, people have pointed this out on social media, but, you know, the Shanahan tree, obviously they go out and get McCaffrey. They have an explosive running back every year. The Packers, you know, they, they, they paid huge amounts of money to Dylan and – and um, the other running back, Aaron Jones, Jones they have. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this this offense is pretty conducive to explosive running backs and that they will get rewarded if it's the right one. So it would not shock me at all to see the Bears go out and spend decent money on one of these uh, prize free agent running backs this offseason, whether we agree with it or not. The, the, sh- the surprising thing to me is, like, if you look back at the original Shanahan offense, you know, with Mike Shanahan, this offense essentially made anybody famous, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Terrell, Terrell Davis was a, a sixth round pick. He became a hall of famer in this offense. Um, you had uh, two just no name dudes come in after Davis and just rack up thousand yard seasons. So, I, I mean, I don't think you need to go out and pay, these dudes big money in this in this system to to be successful would i enjoy a weapon like saquon barkley uh sure you know tony pollard would be a great fit yeah but honestly i don't see pollard getting out of there and i don't really feel good about paying saquon i like josh jacobs i think josh jacobs could be a nice fit 
Sure. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. He's a, fun. He, he's a fighter too. He would mean, give you. He's a fighter too. He'll give you all you want. And he's. He, he, I can see it. I can see it. He's. He's very smooth. He's kind of a zone running back. He likes to get to the edge. I mean, I, I can he, see he's kind of. He's kind of very similar to Montgomery, except he's got that second gear to him. Yes. I yes. mean, he's like a faster Montgomery. That's why he was a first round pick, and Montgomery is a third round pick. But honestly, very kind of similar it. player in my opinion. But I anyway, I mean. You got to do what's going to be best for your offense. So whether we agree with it or not, I, I do think running back in this offense is probably more important than you might see other offenses. But before we go too far down this rabbit hole, I mean, do you guys have anything else from this game? So then I think we should talk about the other game that went on simultaneously with the Bears and awarded <laughs> us the number one pick. No, give us the Houston take. I mean, Chris, were you were you guys watching both games at once? I was I was paying more attention to this Texans game than I was the Bears game, honestly, in the second half. So I. The red zone like wasn't covering it, which was driving me bonkers. It, so, it, yes, um, I turned that I was, off. I mean, I just put on that game. Yeah, so I was switching off, off the Bears game under red zone, and then like every time the Texans would take a lead, I would take you know, you know, breathe a little bit easier. And then the only like red zone uh, highlight was like. Oh, sorry, Bears fans. You know, uh, Indianapolis just took the lead, and I was like, "You son of a bitch, Chris Hans! Like, shut up, bro! I don't need <laughs> well, your, I don't need your the, negativity." The Texans were up by two scores. I think it was like ten points or something in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then Davis Mills threw two terrible interceptions, where it just like, he was throwing the ball down the field. And I think I texted that point, Chris. I was like, "The Texans are just throwing like they're throwing this game. Like Mills is just throwing the ball up in triple coverage." The Colts score. The Texans get the ball back with like two minutes. Of course, they drive down the field. They catch two improbable. One guy, make Chris Moore, I think, made insane or Brandon Cooks made an insane play or something. Yeah, Brent, fourth uh, and long. Cooks is Cooks long. Cooks like fourth and thirteen down the sideline, like triple toe tap was was nuts. Was so that was insane, and it was like Davis Mills threw that, and it was like a perfect ball. And then and then the Texans were fourth and twenty in the red zone and of course Mills throws like a Hail Mary touchdown that somehow goes through the Colts defenders hands and then the, the top fact, off they go for two. Yeah, and they get that. But the 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 funny thing to me about Mills's throw and like as I'm watching it live, it should have been he's picked. running backwards. He's oh, like yeah. just rolling out his right hucking it up. Like it was ter- it was terrible mechanics, terrible like prayer type throw. But Mills has a big arm. He's a big dude, and he just chucked it up and somehow cleared the last indie defender right into uh, was it Jordan Atkinson or you know, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, Atkins. Atkins, whatever. Anyway, names uh, of random tight ends that caught touchdowns that <laughs> gave the Bears the number one overall pick. Which yeah, and then the two point conversion, which just oh, he bobbled it too. Uh, on the replay i watched he bobbled it and like caught it with like his knees and then he just threw it up in the air what uh, amazing i i don't know after they scored that touchdown i had a feeling they were going to get the two i just i was like all right this is (laughs) this is meant to be it's meant to be yeah i I just had a feeling it it seemed like it wasn't it wasn't nearly as uh thrilling as the uh that fourth and 20 play where Mills was being chased from behind. It kind of just happened and they got it and, and they won. And a lot of people thought the Texans would throw that game and Lovey Smith won. And he, uh, he got fired shortly after. I feel like he was fired before that. And that he just wanted to say F you to the Texans, honestly. 
<laughs> well, he he kind of knew his fate. Uh, it was pretty public. Or it was pretty. It was pretty. I don't, I don't know how public it was, but a pretty common sentiment that he was going to get fired, uh, considering how poorly. Which is dumb. Which is dumb, though. I mean, they they hired the dude last year, and they expect him to really turn it around that fast. Right, right. Two, two, two one-year coaches. David Cawley, one year, and now uh, Lovey Smith, one year. And you shouldn't do my man Lovey wrong that way. Uh, oh, and they were both- if, if there's any way you can bring him on as senior assistant, come on, bring bring Lovey home somehow, some way. Fire, fire Alan Williams and make him the DC. <laughs> I don't Imagine think Alan. Will- I don't think Alan Williams is getting fired. I don't know how much. Neither do I, but I, I would do it if Lovey was available. But I mean, I don't know how much. Boy. Man, I just don't. I, has that ever happened where a coach was the head coach of a team and then came back later as a fucking assistant? That, I have no that idea. That feels like bad, bad face. I don't know. For everybody. Well, it's been, well, it's been like 10 years now. So? <laughs> it's a distant I mean, memory. it's like, <laughs> listen, like, if you. No, no, no. It's never, never happening. Never happening. No matter what. All right. All right. Uh, so, there's the, the, not the number the, one pick. The other side caveat, one second, we'll get there, is what the fuck are the Texans going to do? Like, who's going to want that job? Like, you, nobody. You, nobody's going to want this job. The ownership is so dumb, dude. Firing coaches, like, after one year. And I, what, what are you doing? What are you You're doing? You're right. I, I have no idea who would want that job. Like, there's, that's just a bad situation to walk into. Especially if you don't have the number one pick, which is <laughs> just going to go to some other team, maybe in your division. I mean, you can you can get the number one pick if you want it. I mean, it, it might cost you the second and the twelfth and your second rounder. That'd be, I mean, I, you could have it, and I'd be willing to do that. I don't know about you guys, but Bears with the, the first time ever in my lifetime I've seen bears with the number one pick. I don't like think, I think somebody, you're the old one on the podcast, right? That's, that's the running joke. So I think, uh, somebody in our chat said the the bears had the number one pick twice in the forties, which there probably was like 18. So, you know, maybe they just wrote rotated it every few years. And that was back when those guys had like second jobs in addition to playing in the NFL. Right. Right. I'm pretty sure the guy they took first overall played for like one season. He was like a running back, and he played for like one year and then retired. Are you then sure he, they didn't take old Sid Luckman? <laughs> no, it wasn't then, Luckman. Then he, it was, then he went it was some running groceries. back. Yeah, exactly. Groceries after that. Made, made uh, more money doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, highest pick the Bears have had was three I mean, Mitch. and four. Mitch right. was the highest, I, three, I remember. Yeah, but that, they traded oh, up man. for that, but that's that started Cedric, as three. Cedric right? Benson. Right, which was four. Uh, Benson was four. I thought he was three. That's all right. And then they had one the year they took God, Gro- Grossman and Haynes. They had like four or five, and they traded. Wasn't Grossman back. like the 18th pick? Yeah, but they traded back. They had like mm. the fourth overall pick, and I think they traded back to get two firsts from the Jets. I believe I could be wrong, but that's what I think they did. Yeah. Some anyway, Jay- number one. Yes. Jalen Carter, we just, we want to pencil it in now, or Will Anderson, or you we guys think we should take, maybe we take uh, maybe we take CJ Stroud? You know, he played really well in the whole right. game. There's so many possibilities; it's insane. There's unimaginable things you could do with the number one pick. And obviously, first and foremost, we have people talking about will the Bears draft another quarterback? 
which in my opinion makes absolutely no sense. Whether you believe in Fields or not, I think he deserves another year. I mean, can we agree on that? Sure, yeah, I agree. Yeah, my, my big, only... I, I get it. If Ryan Poles wants to say, hey, we need to scout these quarterbacks and see where they stack up with Justin. But at the end of the day, if you trade back and get picks next year, you're going to have a better team around a new quarterback if you were to go that route if Justin just completely sucked in 2023, which I don't believe will be the case. But bringing a new quarterback this year doesn't make any sense, in my opinion, at all. The other reason to scout these quarterbacks is to understand the value that you have in number one, the number one. Correct. Right? So if you go scout Bryce Young and you go scout C.J. Stroud and Will Levis and and whatnot, and you come back and you're like, man, I wouldn't trade very much to come up and get these guys – then maybe you, you know, maybe you kind of understand your your market a little bit better. Or on the flip side, if you're like, man, ah, Bryce Young versus Justin Fields is a is a decent conversation. But to your point, Lucas, it's kind of stupid to if it is that close. Don't burn an asset you already have and lose out on the opportunity to surround him with a, a boatload of talent moving forward. So. Uh, you know, Justin Fields plus a bunch of assets or just Bryce Young, I think is how you have to look at it. Right. So then, you know, you know, Bryce Young is very good and you can say, hey, look, Houston or hey, look, Indianapolis. Um, this is the, this is the dude. This is a dude. You you want this dude? It's going to cost you. And apparent, like apparently somebody at the Indianapolis star had, had mentioned a, a potential trade and they didn't have their head up their ass like a lot of these fans do and said uh the fourth overall pick second round pick and a first next year i think that's a good starting place we we also need to have this conversation after that texans game not only did the bears get the first round the first pick in the draft and the texans went to two the denver broncos beat the 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 san uh la chargers which moved them back to fifth which is Seattle's pick now, but the Colts moved up into four, which I think is a monumental development in this just because the Bears could possibly move back with the Colts who are QB and needy team and the Texans are in their division, so it gives them the chance to jump their division rival by losing that game. But also the Bears sitting at four gives them the chance, if you think quarterback, quarterback, Stroud and Young are top four picks, the Bears are going to have Anderson or Carter fall right into their lap at four or if they decide have- to do that. You could have all three go two, three, four, or one, two, three, and then have Carter or Anderson at your disposal. And have yeah, that's Levis what I'm saying. Or yeah. Levis or whatever that other guy's name is. Um, or set yourself up to trade back again. So whatever the Bears do, right, it, it, right. it'll be really hard to mess this up. I just think they need to trade back at least once. I think the I think the most fun I would have if I was Ryan Poles is pitting the Colts against the Texans or the Texans against the Colts. Because I think so, the Texans have more to offer. You they know, do. They have, they, have, uh, they have two, 12. They have, obviously, early second, which could re- replenish the Claypool deal. They have a first next year of their own and, and Cleveland's first next year. They have, like, the mother load if you want to get it. So dep- you're right. Depending on how bad Houston would want to move up, it depends, though, just because I think the value of them actually moving from one to two without – the inflation of them possibly losing out the quarterback of a division rival. I think if they were just to move up, the value of that's probably a second round pick, if we're being honest. 
would be very interesting to see if Poles could squeeze a one at him. That would be absolutely insane. And it, like value that that, and that's what I was trying to express earlier. Is it's not just about value, right? It's about, I'm just saying, in a fair trade, I would say probably a second round pick would sure. be fair to move up one spot. Well, so what? So Bears Bears gave up what two like a third, two thirds and a fourth to move from to move up from to, three to two. Was it three to two or four to two? It was three to two. Well, anyway, yeah. So, but I think the Houston Texans second, which is basically you know the thirty fourth pick in the draft. It's probably about equal value to that or close. Maybe you throw in a, a later pick, but I definitely don't think it's a one for sure. But I you're know, right, man. I, mean, I think like depending I mean, depending on, on how bad the bidding order is and how how much they like one of these quarterbacks, you're right. It could go up to that high, but that's it. Just depends on their evaluation, really, of the quarterback. Joe, you're muted again. But you got to put it out there. All the stuff about the the mock drafts uh, that you're seeing on the Pro Football Network and stuff, a lot of that value that you're seeing is unrealistic. Correct. That's what I'm saying. I think a second and some change is probably a realistic value for that. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to however their GM views these quarterbacks. I'll say this. Do do you guys think that any of these quarterbacks are that special? Because I think CJ and Bryce are. I think they're I very think, good. I think the I don't very think that thing different that than just for us was the the bowl games going as well as they did for both players, especially Bryce. Mm-hmm. Joe, to answer your question, yeah. if if Caleb if Caleb Williams was in this draft this year, I would probably have a completely different answer to you about Justin oh. Fields and possibly trading him because I would. I would probably do that if a team wanted Fields and I could draft Caleb Williams. I would probably do that. In this year's draft, though, with these two guys, I I would not do that. Mm, Caleb Williams, I'm saying, I'm putting it out there. I, I agree. If he was in this draft, that's that's the type of player I would say. Okay, we seriously need to consider doing this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that's the I, I, I think I think he's seriously but but my, my my concern with Caleb Williams he's not the assassin that Justin Fields is between the years he's a little bit aloof but his physical talent and his ability b- between the white lines is really 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 high. Well, I'm really just leaving special. a I'm just leaving a hypothetical out there for people yeah, who are yeah. like, well, the Bears should never consider this. Well, if he was in this draft class, I would probably consider it for sure. But with so these he, two guys, I don't think they're too much different off Justin Fields. Is he head and shoulders above May? To me, yes. They're both ridiculous. I think they would, if May was in this class, he'd probably be QB1 too. QB1 also or QB1 or two with Caleb being the other one? No, no, I'm saying if Drake May was in this class, he'd probably be quarterback oh. one, in my opinion. Gotcha. I, I think this uh, class is ridiculous. But that's besides the point. I'm, I'm, well, the it, funny thing to me also is where some of these QB experts are putting Justin Fields in this draft class, like putting yeah. him behind CJ Stroud and, 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 um, and Bryce Young makes me wonder like if those two aren't worth, you know, moving mountains for to come up and get him. Cause I think Justin Fields would be QB one in this draft. I mean, I think it would be very close. In my opinion, very, very close. 
Yeah, well, like we said, it's not just about QB1. It's about everything else. You already have Justin Fields and the number one pick. If you took Bryce Young, then you have Bryce Young and Justin Fields, and then what the fuck do you have? Literally nothing. I guess the fact of the matter is that we have Justin here. He knows the system. He's shown you that he's in at least an elite athlete. I mean, let's just say Justin Fields never progressed as a passer, and he was basically the next Cam Newton. Would you be mad at that? Cam Newton absolutely not that's exactly my point joe so at the end of the day if we say fields just stays the elite athlete and the end he does he sucks at passing or whatever which i don't think is true i mean you'd still have an incredible talent regardless he's let's talk about he he made some pretty special throws this year though absolutely i I don't i don't know where the narrative that he can't throw comes from it's just people just look at the stats the passing yards and the and everything you want else. the consistency to be a little bit higher, but it's going to come. Sorry, Chris, we cut you off twice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what Ryan Pohl said about Justin today. Um, you know, he said he'd have to be blown away by a quarterback in this draft to move on from Justin and that he wanted him to be the QB for next year. And obviously he said they'll do their due diligence. Um, but then moving on from that, you know, they, they asked – polls what uh you know what what group they would he would want to address first or what the most important priority was when it comes to this team with a lot of holes and and he he acknowledged you know it was a lot of holes uh yeah he said edge rusher uh offensive line and cornerback um but he also said that he liked braxton jones a lot so and tevin which we i think we all kind of and cole Agreed. We're talking, hey, just. It's the Lucas Berry podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Krogman, I, I was following you. You were talking about the offensive lineman because that was um, the position that he said was important. I was putting two and two together with you. Krogman can continue. I'm just throwing Joe's face. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Father. Yes, welcome sir. To, welcome to Dead Air, ladies and gentlemen, on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Chris Krogman is collecting his thoughts, but trying not to kill Lucas Berry through the screen. Krogman, you were talking about the offensive line and, and the needs and what Brian Pohl said about Braxton Jones, liking what he saw, but needing a little more, and complimenting Tevin Jenkins' transition from tackle to guard, saying it was fun to see. Really, what the point of the the that section of the press conference was was not addressing uh, tight end or Cole Komet. Yes, he did praise Cole Komet um, when talking about blue chippers on the roster, uh, but when addressing the priorities of the team, it was uh, pass rusher, offensive line, and corner uh, attacking premium positions. Essentially, is what Poles was getting at. So um, it's good to hear that he's not, you know resting on his offensive line laurels that he just threw a bunch of resources at late resources at last year. Uh, so that's good to, good to see. We'll see how he uh, deploys all of these assets. You got to think he always knew that he was only going to hit once or twice on all those offensive linemen he drafted at the end of the, end of the draft last year. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, He's no dummy. He went to Boston College. 
does it worry you at all how how highly he speaks of um braxton jones no and i thought his his reason why was was great you know being a small school guy going through the entire process of the draft combine minimal preseason or off-season program with an nfl team and then starting every single game playing every single snap having the mental fortitude to do so handling the ups and downs not completely falling apart and bowing out uh for who he is speaks volumes does he have room to grow yeah and and polls admitted that that he has room to grow he hopes that he continues to work on his body and work on his technique but absolutely not it doesn't concern me because i don't think it i don't think he praised him to the level of yeah he's our guy and if you know some amazing left tackle fell in our lap we wouldn't take him but he said that he was comfortable with where he was at and then he gave kudos to his um you know it's just just to his season in general so no it wasn't it wasn't concerned i wasn't concerned I think that point's really huge, the off season, because he was going, 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 going since his senior since his time uh as a senior, getting out of out of school, going into his pre draft stuff. And obviously he's not gonna just like sit on his ass and not exercise at all. But this time off it's really going to be his first time off since since uh since after his junior year uh because of the how the draft process works and and how competitive it is trying to earn that spot and working his way through the summer and going through OTA that, that sort of thing so I, I think that that point's going to be huge and this this time off might serve to refresh his mind and help him to uh help him to get ready for a second year I agree. I thought that there was something that he said that Paul said later in the, in the press conference that I, I couldn't understand. And I couldn't like rattle through my Rolodex of injuries that they went through this year. But somebody asked about somebody that had gotten hurt. That would be back for the spring. Mooney. That he, was it Mooney? Yeah, it was it the, the questions were really hard to hear. I, I don't know why. But yeah, because no, they I, never give him a microphone, and it, there's so much like it sounds like there's a wind tunnel in there half the time. Like, what the fuck is happening in that press room? You can't hear shit. They just need to get a press coordinator and just do it like Adam Johns, you're next. Adam Hogue, you're next. But, you know, because they all do that scrum and they all fight and they all hate each other. But just be like, Dude, it was honestly order. better when it was Zoom because yeah. they did that shit. Get you know, Adam Johns, you're up next, and get it was a one on one conversation, and you could hear him exactly. Yeah. Pass around a mic. You pass it back to the coordinator. He pat the, the, you know, you're up. It's easy. I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that because I was driving me nuts. I just thought that was the way it was. But I'm, I, glad, you, I had, I'm glad you figured it out because you know I Paul's, had to rewind Paul's, it like three times. So I was like, who got hurt? And then and I, then he said, it was, was Mooney. I was looking at the transcripts. I was trying to hear over Courtney Cronin's loud ass. I couldn't understand what the fuck somebody had said, and. The biggest takeaway for me was that Poles was very impressed with him and thought he was a much better football player than he did when he came in the building, which that was yeah. like one of the best takeaways. Mooney. So Mooney. We know, we know Moon that him. I guess Poles mentions cornerback as the premium position and he he notes it as positions that need to be addressed. I mean, do you think he doesn't think highly of maybe Kyler Gordon or Jalen Johnson? 
do you think maybe they just need more help in that room what do you guys think i mean that's no i think that was i think that was the blanket premium position default polls type of answer i mean right i think he does a good job of like giving you a lot when sometimes but i think like when it comes to to strategic plays he's very guarded um and, and very coached up i guess if you would or or you know articulate about you know bullshit talk so you know when he's speaking about players that he likes he he's glowing and he loves to talk about that kind of thing but when you ask him about like what are you gonna do with the number one pit oh well you know we're gonna give you 700 different answers so you have no real fucking clue what we're gonna do right and and to be honest it's dumb to even ask those questions because he really shouldn't be telling you anything um but to your point chris when they asked him the first time they asked him is Justin Fields going to be your guy next year? He immediately said, yeah. When they went back to the number one pick, he kind of slowly answered, Oh yeah, we might scout some of the other quarterbacks, but I won't do it unless I'm blown away. Like when asked about Justin it was immediately, yeah, that's our guy. When asked about the number mm. one pick, it was go back and listen to it. When they, when they asked him about it, yeah. he said, yeah. Like, yeah. Kid. But he said, he said the way he said, yeah. Cause I caught that too. And the way he said, yeah, it was almost like he was like saying, yeah, I understand the question. And then he talked, but like, I'll watch it again, but I didn't take it as him like flat out saying, yeah, like, yes, oh. he's, he's our guy. Maybe, maybe I misunderstood, but he did say it in like immediately. He did say, yeah, he did say, yeah. And so like, but then like the, one of the funniest questions was that dude at the end, he was like. And this, that dude always asks these fucking asinine five questions in one where he's just like, do you think he was like, I'm confused. To, yeah. He's like, do you think it's important to have a wide receiver? Uh, that's, that's an, an elite talent. Do you, uh, if, is that guy in the room or is that guy in the wide receiver room now? If he's not, are you willing to go get him? But like he asked like five questions and pulls is like, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and then everybody laughed. Um, so speaking of that, we should go we should go into this point where it was reported tonight is something that we probably already knew, but DeAndre Hopkins is gonna looking to get traded and also looking for a new contract. If you're the Bears, you oh have all the space, all these picks. Oh my god. You do god. the trade for that kind of wide receiver. Oh my god, the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, he fell off a little the last year or two. I don't even think so. I think it was bad QB play, but the thing you do got to be worried about is obviously the age. You're going to pay him all this money, which is no issue for the Bears now, but you still don't want to get caught in a bad contract. He is a and two, he's one, he's one PED suspension away from being suspended for a very long time. Well, and that's the other thing, right, is you start taking PEDs, there's you a stop. Right. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Like, is he trying to extend or trying to heal from something that's, you know, that he's beat up from? Um, like, mm-hmm. like Joe said, you stop, things start to break down quicker. He's thirty. He'll be thirty-one I'm, next year. Yep. I'm not. In, I'm. I am honestly not interested, unless you're flat out giving him away, which we've seen. Second round pick. No. You give him what? No. I would give a second round pick for him. No fucking way. Not a chance. Um, like I'm seriously talking power. bargain basement bottom of the barrel type shit, like fourth or later. Like we have seen a second rounder for Claypool. Claypool is also twenty four. Get your proven one for Justin. You get to see. I 
I would do it to be honest with you. I, I realistically think I think I would too. For, I think I think he could be had for a three, to be honest with you. But I, I would probably I would overpay if I was the Bears just because I think they, they I, I don't think they're gonna address the wide receiver room if they don't do it in a trade, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, three agent class is terrible. You don't think they'll draft one? You don't think they'll draft one? Not high. Okay. I think they'll draft one in the mid rounds. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they'll draft one high. They, you, oh, you're, not they, get, so, you're not getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. You're not getting Jordan Addison. You're not getting I, Johnston. I would love them great. to, but, but I don't not, think they'll that, do it. No, yeah, exactly. So you so you use you use that second or third round pick on arguably a top five receiver in the league, depending on your perspective. I would I I, I loved him uh, while he was at Houston. Kind of disappeared in Arizona, but I think it's because you play on the Cardinals, and I don't like to watch the Cardinals at all. Uh, but I don't even think he's disappeared. It's just the quarterbacks he's been playing with have been terrible. But but Chris, I mean, to your points, he is. But, older, but, but, but Justin Fields is. will put it up for him. Justin Fields will just give him chances. Oh, I would, I would do, do it. it. I would do it as well. If it's a third, I, which I think will be the price, Chris, would you do it for a third? You said no to a two. Would you do it for a three? Come on down, come on down. Would you do it for three? Not for one, for and, two, and, for three, for three. Let's, let's just hypothetically say you give up a three and you have to extend him four more years till he's age 36 and you give him 30, 30 million per year. <laughs> would you do it? Fuck no. That's a, that's a big fuck no for me. No, I don't, I don't even know. Realistically, what, what would he make? Maybe. I that's, know, a, maybe. That's, a, that's a below it at your asshole kind of deal. Fuck that. I mean, right, <clears throat> sorry, right now he's making 19 million base with a five and a half million signing bonus, and two, hey, he's making close to 30 million now. So, hypothetically, say 25, 30 million, four years. No, no, I'm doing it. Oh. Man, I'm on the Bears. No way. And that's why we'll have Mooney as our number one next year. Because you Gross. don't run the Bears? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Gross. That's yeah, terrible. Super gross. Super gross. Gross would be going into next year with Darnell Mooney as your wide receiver one. That's that'd be a crime. I agree, Joe. And I, I just if you want to get the, the most out of Komet, you go get a wide receiver one, and then you and you get the most out of Komet and Mooney because you take a little even more pressure off of them. And Komet was great this year. You guys were giving it to me in the, in the text. And, like, I sort of played character, but, like, I, I, I like the guy. I do. <laughs> I and sort of played character. <laughs> yeah, maybe I play a character a lot here. <laughs> but, no, like, anyway, I think he's a good tight end. And he, and, and he had a good second year. So, like, you want to get the most out of him? You want to get the most out of Justin Fields? You want to get the most out of this offense? You go get you a wide receiver one that's, that's a top five receiver in the league. I mean, um, to be fair to Chris's point, I feel like this would be a, if you put Paul up, this would probably be a pretty close to 50-50 split on guys who want Hopkins and guys who think he's too old. So I think each side has an argument, to be honest. I just don't know if a better option will present itself, and that's where I'm coming from. Exactly. Chris, you're pondering. No, he's still not doing it. He's still not doing it. I'm looking at... Yeah, I know he's still not doing it, but he's pondering. 
No, I'm just like looking at so the average age for peak wide receivers is 27 years old. So the distribution of peak seasons after 31 drops significantly. Like significantly, even even more than 30. It drops by probably at least 25% at 30, which is already down 33% from 29. So I just no, like I just don't think it's a I mean, like Randy Moss had a good season at 30, Marvin Harrison had a good season at 30. Those guys are Hall of Famers. D Hop might be up there, man. I love D Hop. Hall of Famer too. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know if you put him in the same category as those two. You're probably right. So I guess a, a follow-up question to that is speaking in the same breath, if the Colts were to offer you DeForest Buckner, nope. are you doing the deal? For what? Like what else? Like why is he in there? Or to move up in, in the draft. For? Well, I understand. He, I mean, I okay, what else is he in there addition to? Uh, let's just say you're getting the Colts first next year and uh, a mid-round pick this year, plus DeForest Buckner. And four. You're getting four next year's first, a mid-round yes. pick. Yes, Say yes. three or four and Buckner. Yeah, yes. Okay. At that point, he's at that point. You're valuing him at almost like a fourth round, fifth round pick, because like, what would you get in place of DeForest Buckner if you just got draft capital? All right, you wouldn't be getting like. Let, let me let me rework the deal. Let's say you get four Buckner and next year's first, but no mid round pick. So, like, basing it off of that Indianapolis Stars comment where it was four, a second, and next year's first. Now you're putting Buckner at a second-round pick, and no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'd probably do that for Buckner. But I guess that hinges on free agency. But if they didn't get a three-technique, I would do that. So, And that is going to be the biggest thing. Is is free agency is going to dictate So, like, the other thing you can think about is, you know, Trade guess- down. So, like, I think the trade down scenario that's super interesting is is somehow acquiring two firsts this year, right? Um, and if it's not Houston plus twelve, it's not as great. Which I don't think Houston would do that. No, but no. well, you never know, man. They could be super desperate. Who knows? But um. Like, yeah, I don't see a double trade down if you go to four. If your first move down is to four, like, like let's say you go down to two, right? And it's not two and 12, it's two and next year's first, and pretty much that's it. I'm fine with that. Because then you're still controlling fucking for the forever land. Because yeah. then you could trade to, with Indy, because you could tell Indy, hey, there's a bunch of people behind you that, are co- that want this two pick. There's, you know, people in front of you that could want this two pick because you want to get up there. And then you move from two to four, and then you're really cooking. Well, I right? do and think then- I do think it's possible for the Bears to do a double trade down after first move was to four just because you still have the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Raiders, teams like that behind you. So it just yes. depends really if you However, can drive up is- a bidding war. Go ahead. Go ahead. But that that that's just gonna depend on how teams view Levis. Like the only situation where that would work is if Seattle really liked him, they were going to take him at five. Well, the, what I, 
my my counterpoint there is not is no longer what other teams want it's what the bears want so do you value a trade down more than carter or anderson at that point right which in my opinion no that's where, i that's, I, yeah. I think not that's, that's where, where i draw where the line I, right right see I think how about you, you guys that's that's where i think you get a haul for uh, one if you go from one to four uh and you get if you get three first going from one to four i'm happy with that i'm good give me give me anderson or car probably carter um mr then, anderson and then i'm and not then gonna move on i would really like three first but going from one to four my realistic expectation is two first and if they get a third i think that's fantastic i completely agree the, like i said the biggest thing is going to be desperation and competition right and it's stuff that we can't comprehend here we don't know what they think of these guys and right. an and ideal land three first is the perfect scenario and if you get carter anderson at three first oh my god you you made out like a bandit i think you i think that that for me is how san diego won the rivers eli trade is because San Diego not only got Rivers at four or whatever, wherever they took him, they also got a fuck ton of picks, you know? So you get a guy that's going to change your franchise or, or be a big piece of your franchise going forward, plus you get a bunch of assets on top of that. That's, that's, the, that's the golden goose right there. Right. Realistically, though, I think two first, even I, I would be happy if they got two first and just say this year's second and next year's second to move back to four. I'd probably be happy with that. Um, I mean, like we said earlier, there's just endless freaking scenarios ranging from the Bears taking to a quarterback to trading back multiple times to whatever. I mean, just unimaginable stuff. Um, we've talked about some veterans here, some guys on the trade block, Hopkins, maybe Buckner. Uh, it seems like, Chris, you are not on the side of bring in these guys who are past 30, perhaps, unless it's just tremendous value, right? Right. Um, I'm, I'm on the flip side of that. I mean, I think Hopkins would be amazing. Buckner is a different story, depending on how free agency goes. And before we sign off here tonight, I think this is a, a, a kind of a good final talking point is, is free agency. I mean, the Bears have the most cap in the NFL by far. What is it, like $120 million? Right. Um. So I crunched some numbers the other day. Per the new CBA, the Bears have to spend $175 million on top of what they have on the books already in this offseason. Ooh, you know what they could do? They could do, something, put, they could do something similar to what the Texans did and essentially buy a draft pick. So take on a shit contract and get a, and get a draft pick out of it. So do you remember when the Texans traded Osweiler. Osweiler to the Browns and got their second rounder and Osweiler just to take that shit contract? Yeah. The Bears could do that. They have a yeah, definitely. Of money. So to, to put that $175 million in perspective, I don't know where that stands in NFL history. It's probably close to the top that any team's ever had to spend in an offseason. According Jack, to over the cap, he, the Bears have uh, $118 million in cap space. Correct, but the the cash they have to spend is is different than cap space because how this works is the Bears have to spend 175 million cash this year, which means uh, that could be tied up in guarantees or roster bonuses, which basically 
uh, get divided evenly among the the length of a contract, but go on the books all in one year. So say say they give a guy a hundred million dollar bonus. It basically goes against your dead cap at 25 million per year, but counts as a hundred million dollars up front. I'm, I'm following you. Yeah, you so, explained so, it that well. So that's that's guaranteed. So they they have to kind of manipulate their contracts in that way. But the Jags last year spent 120 million in free agency. We all talked about how nuts they went. I mean, the Bears are going to have to send out some serious money this offseason to to even meet that. Um, the ramifications of that is basically the Bears have to pay that money out regardless. Um, but it's basically just they lose money. Uh, there's some they have to pay like every player on the roster between uh, that that salary space in the CBA, which I think runs from 2021 to 2023. Uh, so any player on the roster among that time would basically split the money that they don't spend, essentially. So they have a shit ton of money to, to, to spend this offseason. So it, it's going to be insane. And Paul has addressed that as well, saying that they, they wouldn't go – bananas you know they would but, still... but they have to or else that's lost money yeah but i think what he's saying is they're not gonna overvalue a player oh, definitely whether or not they spent i mean they could still spend the money elsewhere right they could extend people so they, they could, could extend, extend people they could extend coals they coals they could expend cole commit they could extend Mooney, Johnson. Um, they could, man, they could even extend fields at this point, but I, I don't think they will. I think they're going to do one more year before they evaluate that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whether or not they have to spend the money doesn't mean they have to be stupid, you know? Correct. But I think at the end of the day, they will have to overpay for some guys just to even meet that threshold. And that's fine. There's plenty, there's plenty of... Plus, plus the high draft pick. Out I mean, there. It's going to be close to $30 million in draft capital, probably. There's plenty of uh, needs out there. You know, we have defensive tackle needs. We have defensive end needs. We have linebacker needs. We could probably sign another corner. We obviously have wide receiver needs. We could add a tight end as opposed to a wide receiver that's a pass catcher like Dalton Schultz uh, or, you know, somebody else. So there's 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 lots of ways that they could spend the money intelligently and not have to, you know, and like you said, they could structure it to where they dump it all up front and then not have to use it later. So that's another way they could do it. I just front load a bunch of contracts. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is Chris. I mean, is this the biggest offseason you've seen the Bears have in your lifetime? Absolutely. Ooh. Uh, well, the Peppers year was pretty fucking nuts. They, I was they gonna, uh, brought four big free agents in, including some tight end that had no business in the NFL. But. I mean, the Mitch year was pretty nuts, too. Uh, 2018. Right. Burton and Robinson. Burton. And mm-hmm. I think they had a few alignment in that. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty insane. But, I mean, the Bears are going to become the team that we always say is dumb. Every year for leading free agent spending, but they're kind of forced to. So, to your point, Chris, hopefully they they pick the right contracts to dole out here. Yeah, I don't think they'll be, I don't see polls being reckless, I guess is the word I'm looking for. 
No, yeah, no, I totally get it. But at a certain extent, he, he might have to get a little reckless to get, get that number. Add a couple funny. mil here, a couple mil there, you know. The Definitely won't be like is, last offseason, that's for sure. Is so many people, you know, look at contracts in the current market and they don't think about what it really is as future market, right? Right. So, you know, we're all pissed pissing and moaning about paying a uh let's say Coil Mac twenty two million dollars and that's a that's a freaking bargain now, right? Or paying uh Roquan twenty million, which might have been a bargain down the line. I don't know if Roquan What did he just got it. paid? He just got paid. He just got yeah. I think twenty. Like I think it was yep. five for a hundred. It was like highest twenty line, exactly. Highest paid linebacker in NFL history. I mean, so what though? Good for him. I mean, All right, like, good for him. To me, I mean, to me, look at percentage of cap, right? So, yeah, he's the highest paid linebacker in history, but is that per the cap? Because he's like ten percent of the cap. I don't know what like the highest paid linebacker was, you know, ten years ago in percentage to the cap. I mean, it could have been fifteen percent. And to me, that's more of an indicator of not necessarily value, but like. How how insane the contract was, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, like the caps, the cap. Somebody's mentioned the cap could be up to upwards of 225 million dollars next year, which I think would be like a 30 million dollar jump. I can't remember. I saw 225 on um over the cap. I think had it at 225 next year. And what and what is it this year? 210 or around there. Okay, I thought it roughly. Was, I thought it was like one ninety something or whatever. Maybe that was last year. I know, like coming out of COVID, it it dropped significantly. It was like one eighty five then. Uh, two hundred eight million last year. Yeah, so roughly two two. Yeah. So, so yeah, fifteen seventeen million dollar jump. That's a big jump. Definitely. And uh, luckily for the Bears, it's a decent free agent class for some of their biggest needs, offensive and defensive line. So it's it's going to be fun. I mean, the Bears, like you said, when we open up the show, Joe, they're going to be the talk of every major you know, draft coverage. The Bears are picking first. What are they going to do? Uh, you know, they have all this money to spend. Um, you know, people dog on the Bears all year. But then all of a sudden, it's like they have the keys to the keys to the car here uh in the off season of of being the team in control of everything so uh we'll see i mean uh, this is this has got to be the biggest bears off season you know in our lifetime probably for all of us mm, yeah uh yeah, what yeah. they do this off season is going to determine you know how good or bad they are for maybe the next five to ten years so mm -hmm. we'll see Anything else we got tonight, Krogman? Are we going to be a franchise like the Jaguars, or are we going to be a franchise like the Eagles? What are the yeah, like? What are the Ravens going to do after paying Roquan with Lamar Jackson just hanging out there? Well, that, that's the good question, Chris, and that's that's when we go back to positional value. Is it worth it to give a guy like Roquan that much money when you need to pay your quarterback? Do you think Orlando Brown will will come to his senses and understand he's not a left tackle? No. Yeah, me neither. No. If you give and him enough money, if you give him enough money, will he give a shit? I, honestly, no. I feel like he wants to play left tackle. I don't know. That's, a, that's the stupidest fucking. 
that, I don't know, man. I, it, that's just dumb. If like, oh, hey, we'll my daddy you. was a left tackle. I'm a left tackle. That's so dumb. She's so dumb. Um, yeah, the, it's going to be interesting. So, like, I could see him overspending at like, or or maybe they put money where we don't necessarily agree with. Like, like for me specifically, running back, running back. Yeah, We're going to pay Josh Jacobs eighteen million a year. No, Fuck like yes. paying like paying Saquon. Fuck yes. But I mean, like, there's there's a lot of D tackles out there. Um, well, that's going back to our draft conversation. This is why I'm like, Deron Payne. Pay, as much Deron as I like Jalen Carter, and as much as people have him ranked higher, good edge rushers just frankly they just don't hit the market. I mean, well, there's some decent D tackles here. I mean, Hargrave is older, but I would absolutely love Hargrave in Chicago to play three technique for a few years. Man, you take, man, you if you sign Hargrave and Payne or Hargrave and like uh, what is the kid from Denver's name? Uh, Draymond. Draymond Jones. I mean, you sign both those kids. Fuck yeah, take Will Anderson. Don't be stupid. Well, I would even take him if you sign one of them. I mean, I just think edge rusher is so much harder to find in. I just in, don't like, think it's as impactful. Like I agree. Well, I guess I agree to the fact that I think it's rarer to have a very disruptive D tackle. Like I think that's super rare. But I just feel like getting your hands on an edge rusher, you're not going to do it unless you're either picking really high or drafting really high normally. Well, yeah, we saw we saw or picking really high or trading <laughs> for a D tackle for a we, DN. We so. saw this we saw the Saints uh restructure Michael Thomas. You know they're gonna want to keep Marcus Davenport. That's I don't know if they will. He he's had a really bad year there, honestly, or he, he's been hurt a lot. So they might let him. Uh, Davenport's one of those guys that's intriguing, but he's flash, but he's never really lived up to his potential. I mean, it, he'll probably get paid better than he's performed, but he had one season with nine sacks, and other than that, he's been hurt and inconsistent. Yeah, and then get, there's uh, Clowney. No, Clowney's not available. Yeah, he is. He's a free agent. Will be. He will be, but we don't want him. But uh, no, Ngakwe is probably the guy you want out of anyone. I've never really thought Clowney was. I've always thought Clowney was a good football player. I never really thought he was as good as he was billed to be. Fuck, dude, that play that made him famous is still. In the backfield, just knocks the dude's head right off, dude. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of options in free agency. Yeah, you're right. Clowney is. He's 30 years old. Holy shit. Man, that makes me feel old. Holy crap. You are old. Yeah. How Aren't you older than Javion Clowney, their friend? I am older than Javion Clowney. You're old too, then. You're right. Clownfish. You're football old. Clownfish. You're exactly right. I, I am on retirement. Uh, so, But... You want to bring in Hopkins, though, so. Yeah, he's three years younger than me. Puna, Puna Ford is another one. I just love the dude's name. Puna. Puna. I think uh, Davin Porter and Gakwe is the Bears' best bet, but. On, I mean, on, an, ed- on an edge rusher? I mean, Anderson. That's pretty much all you have for edge rushers coming I just think, on the market. I don't know. The more. The more I thought about Anderson and his size, like Von Von Miller was the same size coming out. Von Miller is very similar. So 
Joe, what do you think? You watch Will Anderson all the time. Do you, do you think he could play with his hand in the dirt every play? I mean, he played with his hand in the dirt at Bama sometimes, and he was fine. A lot. He played with his hand in the dirt a yeah. lot. Um, I think he's just he's one of the, he, he's one of those guys where. But he's going to take some develop some further developing. He's going to have to develop a, a, a second or third, a couple extra pass rushing moves. Von Miller was just like that out of Texas A and M. He's just very a similar physical freak. Uh, but, but but the thing the thing about him is he works his ass off. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He does yep. like he's not he's not cocky. He's about the team first. He's very well spoken. I mean, I don't know. There is definitely something to be said about a lot of these Bama football players and and how much they just want to play football and not care about the extracurricular shit. I mean, we've seen. I mean, three of those guys played in the bowl game that they didn't have to play in, but mm-hmm. it, it's a bowl game on a big stage. And you got Bryce Young, you got Will Anderson, you got the running back. I mean, it's just different. Well, you touched on running back in, in, in the first little bit about running backs you get in this offense. And like, I don't like to be, I, I don't want to be homerism, but I do think the uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, second or third round. Nasty. Uh, yeah, he could be a fit. I think offense. I think he'll be the second. I think he'll be the second running back taken. I think he'll be a. He's a. He's a great fit for a team like the Eagles, who are picking with their own pick yes. at the end of the first round. Yeah. Oh my God. That's that's a different story. We can go off on a complete tangent on the draft, but I don't know, Chris. Do you have any concluding thoughts on this? We touch on a lot. I'm excited. Uh, I'm 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 pumped. I mean, this is gonna. This could set us up to be. I'm also fucking nervous, honestly. Um, oh, we're gonna screw it up. I, I'm confident. You know, if with, they tra- with, with if great they power back. comes great responsibility, and I don't know if you know we're ready for that responsibility. Exactly. We'll see. If, <laughs> we'll see if if Ryan pulls up to the task. And I guess quickly before we log off, it should be noted that Ian Cunningham has multiple GM interviews lined up. Uh, it would be sad to lose him after one season. One, you don't get the comp pick if he loses. Two, he's a great football mind, and I would really like to have him around for this offseason. So mm-hmm. hopefully Mr. Cunningham selfishly stays with the Bears for at least one more year. I mean, what? Like, like he hasn't done anything this year with the Bears to make him that desirable. <laughs> Dude, it's it's crazy. I don't know. Some of these guys just rise through the ranks. I, I I saw something on Twitter. It was like the it's probably a Cardinals fan. He was just like, oh yeah, this Cunningham guy. Like he he was like listing off all of like all the things he did for the Eagles, and he's like he went to the Bears and he cleared cap space. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was hard to do, honestly. I mean, they had a lot of dead shit, so that's an accomplishment. That's all I got for this week. I don't know. We're gonna have we're gonna have some we're gonna have some sweet guests this offseason. We're gonna be talking about the draft and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Let's fucking do it. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.